0: welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens. And in this episode, we're going to continue our series on the White House's blueprint for a bill of rights for artificial intelligence. In this episode, we're going to focus on um, your right to be free from algorithmic discrimination, um, which is a great topic and one which we could spend lots and lots of time talking about. So when the, the White House drafted this, uh, this suggestion for a, for a right that uh, American citizens should have, they state it very straightforwardly. You should not face discrimination by algorithms and systems should be used and designed in an equitable way. And it turns out that there is so much baked into this. Um, So some suggestions for the appropriate design of algorithms and artificial intelligence... Um, that when you are designing an algorithm, so let, let's let's use a, a hypothetical healthcare example, right? Let's say that we are trying to design an algorithm that will enable us to better care for our parents, or not our parents, our patients. <laughs> um, so. We want to make sure that we are proactively assessing equity in our designs. We want to make sure that we're not, you know, direct. We're not intentionally designing an algorithm that is going to discriminate against a particular class of patients. You want to make sure that you are using representative and robust data um, to train your algorithm, so that you're not training your algorithm on, for example, a clinical trial set of mostly uh, wealthy, educated, white folks um, who have easy access to healthcare and academic research centers. Um, and then expecting that data to be easily transferable to all healthcare populations. Um, this is a, a fairly common problem in clinical trial design, and you do need to be, re- be very careful about how you're designing your clinical trial cohorts to ensure that the data is generalizable. Um, you want to guard against proxies. Uh, this is a, a really fantastic turn of phrase, and I think the easiest example I can think of about proxies um, is my my husband works in uh, HR software design, um, and so he and I have a number of extremely nerdy really fascinating conversations around the dinner table and one of them is around ha- ideas of ways to generate hiring algorithms that will not discriminate against um against applicants on the basis of race and so it isn't really as easy as stripping the names and the demographics off it's not even as, strippy, as easy as stripping you know the address off so you can't necessarily make uh make a or an educated guess about a person's race based on their address. But a a proxy is something like the example of, let's say that I've been given a de-identified resume, but I see that the person on this resume graduated from Howard University. That is a proxy for race, right? Howard is a historically black university. Safe bet that somebody who graduated from Howard, probably African-American. So need to be careful about Um, about proxies in your data. And one in the healthcare setting you might look at is uh, the glomerular filtration rate, which has different reference ranges for African-Americans and for um, people who are not African-American. So thinking very carefully about the data points that you are using to train your algorithm and the data points that you're choosing for your endpoints, just to make sure that you're not accidentally introducing bias in, even if that is not your intention. You always wanna make sure that your algorithm is accessible so that means not only can people, can uh, patients, or you know, like participants who are experiencing disability, are they able to meaningfully engage with your system, but also caregivers who are disabled, are they able to meaningfully engage with your system? Um, and then you want to do a more or less regular uh, assessment for disparities. Um, and make sure that you are trying to mitigate any disparities that are coming out of your algorithm on a regular basis it's nice to have an independent party evaluate and i know i know how very tender this is right because you spend so much of your blood sweat and tears pulling together a, a plan that is going to improve patient care and then you're going to turn this teeny tiny baby bird of an algorithm over to somebody who's just going to rip it apart but to have somebody independently evaluate your your algorithm and your and your system can be very powerful, and of course, regular reporting to check in and make sure that your system is operating as intended and that it has the intended outcomes. So the the example that I really wanted to talk about here was one of the citations in the the White House blueprint for an AI bill of rights, um, and it's this paper. Um, on Dissecting Racial Bias in an Algorithm Used to Manage the Health of Populations. Um, This is really interesting. There's a a few authors, from one from UC Berkeley, um, one from Brigham and Williams, and then another from MassGen, and they were looking at an algorithm that recommended whether patients might benefit from a highly coordinated care program. So they were looking to see, okay, so patients who are experiencing a number of chronic conditions, they will they benefit from a program where they get an assigned coordinator, they get nurses making phone calls, where we put in a lot of effort to help patients manage these chronic conditions. And the out the the end point that they selected was the cost of care over the next year, which from an operational standpoint seems like a great one, right because what you want to avoid is patients having catastrophic you know like declines in their conditions where they're going to need to be hospitalized, they're going to require a lot of expensive care. If we can you know nudge them out of that risk with a, a few phone calls and maybe um, some group uh, group medical appointments, some additional support, that would be phenomenal. So this is really cool, right? really lovely idea. we want to care for patients better. We want to keep our hospital running smoothly. that's great the problem is is that the primary endpoint of the cost of care over the course of the over the course of the next year reflects the racial bias that is baked into the healthcare data so when i say that our healthcare data reflects the bias inherent in the system this is exactly what i mean so when they took their patient cohort and they sliced it by race they looked at patients who self reported as black and patients who did not self report as black uh, black patients have lower access to healthcare, at least in these cases. Um, the these patients um, sometimes also avoid healthcare for reasons that are that are an entire other podcast episode in and of itself. Um, but the 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 end result was because of these factors, because of the racial bias that is inherent in the healthcare data. When they looked at patients who received the same risk score, the same score that indicated whether they were likely to benefit from our uh, being enrolled in a highly coordinated care program at a risk score of, say, 55, a white patient would have two, maybe three co- uh, co- comorbid chronic conditions. A black patient would have four or five on every single individual health measure. Blood glucose, blood pressure, um, uh, ki- their uh, kidney function. The black patients were sicker than the white patients. So in, the outcome, the Estimated cost of care over the next year was roughly the same. But when you look at the charges that were going into that cost of care over the next year, the black patients were being seen for things like. ER visits and dialysis. The white patient, or well, that the non-black patients were being seen for outpatient surgery or inpatient surgery, outpatient specialty visits. So even though the total dollar amount was the same, the kind of care that these two groups of patients were receiving was very different. So this is fascinating, right? Obviously, they took this into account. You know, they made changes to the algorithm, but this is what I mean when I say you have to be very, very careful about your endpoints. You have to think about the ways in which our healthcare data tends to be biased, and the ways in which we can act to mitigate that bias, which is exactly one of the recommendations that is here in the Bill of Rights.